Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Spotlight with Sandalina, and I'm your talk show host, Sandalina Sitar. Today, we have on Funkthi, who is a South Asian influencer, a New York City event planner, the co-founder of Masala Mixtape and and or, and a certified genetics counselor. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here and can't wait to have our conversation. So just so you guys know, whenever you see a South Asian event in New York City on your social media feeds, there's a really good chance that Funkthi was involved with the magic behind the scenes because that's what she does. And she's an integral part of the South Asian community here. And we are so eternally grateful for her. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me again. I'm really excited to be here. So I actually first met Funkthi earlier this year at a promo event for Indian Matchmaking. They had launched their new season and they were hosting a meet and greet and Q&A with the cast at an intimate South Asian restaurant in the city. And I was introduced to Funkthi. I don't actually remember who introduced us but I do remember being so astonished by how calming and down-to-earth she was she's kind of like a, a ray of sunshine <laughs> yeah, I would put it that way I'm sure a lot of people would too and I think what really surprised me about Bhakti was really getting to know her and understanding that despite being so calm she's actually behind the scenes managing a lot of the chaos of what mm -hmm. we see on our social media feeds and I was just absolutely flabbergasted at her ability to strike that balance so I thought that she would be an amazing guest to bring on the show. I'm sure somebody that some of you recognize too from social media. So thanks again for being on and let's kick this off. Thank you so much. I'm super excited. Let's go. <laughs> so let's start at the very, very beginning. Sure, let's do Tell it. Tell us a little bit more about where you grew up. Yeah, so I'm originally from the Bay Area, so Northern California. And I honestly feel so lucky to have been brought up in that environment. My parents actually immigrated from Gujarat to, you know, California. And you know, it, it was so beautiful to be brought up with such a heavy and strong influence of South Asian culture. You know, like for my family, when they moved, you know, to the Bay, they were all about, you know, finding that space for me to be able to understand where I come from, being able to speak the language, learning how to read and write and finding ways to connect to it. So I feel so fortunate to be brought up, you know, in that environment. No, I, I can definitely relate to yeah. that. So I was also brought up in the Bay Area. And yeah. that's something that we actually connected the dots on recently that we we're both raised in the South Bay in California. <laughs> Which is, I was so happy to find out that you were a Bay Area girl, too. Of I was like, course. wow, there's a bunch of us floating around the city. Oh, 100%. I think with the pandemic and just in the life, last yeah. few years, a lot of people have moved from California to New York. Definitely. Tell me a little bit more yeah. about your parents. So if you had to assign archetypes and characteristic yeah, traits to them, like what were yeah. each of them like individually? Absolutely. So, you know, one thing that I remember growing up... Um, Every single year, we grew up going to India. So specifically, you know, in Gujarat, in Ahmedabad, and then we also went to Bombay. And I think, you know, having that environment, growing up with them in California and also in India, really showed me different characteristics of holistically kind of understanding where they come from. So, you know, I think it's a very classic immigrant story where, you know, my family moved to California for, you know, a better life, a better education. But one thing that was really special, specifically I'll start off with my dad, is that he is the classic entrepreneur startup guy. He nice. moved to the Silicon Valley. There we go. You know, I released and worked on a few startups. And, you know, that was such a special upbringing for myself because, you know, I got the opportunity to watch firsthand how he managed those conversations, how we worked cross-functionally with different teams, how he created something out of nothing during a time where you know things were booming in that tech industry in the bay yeah. and i think some of those qualities and you know from watching him be so extroverted a great communicator learning how he developed relationships with people and even just 
having that business sense of mind was something that I would say played a pretty integral role as I've grown up over the course of years and even contributing to creating, you know, Masala Mixtape and or and even the current genetics company that I'm working on. So that's a little bit about my dad. And then my mom, you know, she worked a little bit as well. And a lot of her time and efforts were focused on kind of developing my morals, my values, you know, the qualities that she wanted to instill, um, you know, working with my dad. And I, I feel so grateful to have that type of, you know, emotional support throughout my life where she you know anytime anything was going on you know she had a she had tabs on you know when my next test was (laughs) when my next play date was or whatever it was you know her organization her ability to also establish relationships finding ways for me to be connecting to you know people the culture and especially my family was something that I really owe it to them and I, I feel like who I am today would be nothing without them and I I give all my credit for you know what they did and the environment that they fostered at such a young age. I yeah. really like what you said about your father's entrepreneurial spirit because yeah. also as somebody that grew up in the Silicon Valley, I exactly. have to say it's very inspiring. Oh, and it's 100%. very motivating. Like yeah. You grow up around people that look like you yeah. that are creating in you know more of a corporate kind of space or you know trying to build up companies from the ground up to get to that bigger level. Oh, for sure. And it's it's so impressive. And what, yeah. I'm sure you relate to this too, but what I love is when you come to New York City, yeah. you see that same entrepreneurial spirit in a completely oh, different yeah. realm of things in the oh, creativity, creative space. It, it's phenomenal. I, you know, in the last few years, as I've you know made my way in New York and just been in the community, I think that's so special about the yeah. you know scene here, especially within that you know South Asian community. A lot of people that we're meeting, they're creators, they're you know people that are hustling, whether yeah. that's you know with their day job and night job, whether they're you know giving up their you know full time day job to be able to do their night job and whatever it is, you know, there's that spark in the people in our community yeah. here. That and you know when I meet someone like that, I'm like, yeah, you know, like go you, and especially even what you're creating here with this environment, with this podcast, is absolutely <laughs> beautiful. Of course, I mean this takes you know a lot of courage and to be brave and let go of what you're actually, you know, working on, whether that's that corporate culture to be able to do this, you know, full time and really, you know, bring that community together is super special. So thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Speaking of something that's heartwarming, I want to go back to your mom. So it sounds like she was a very stable, nurturing kind of peace and solace for you growing up. And and I want to take a second to highlight that because I think that mothers that choose to prioritize their children are oftentimes shamed by Western society Mm -hmm. for doing so. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of us can look back on our childhood and say that was pivotal like it was we needed that support oh 100 you know it's wild like, you know as I reflect back now that the fact that you know my mom was able to sit with me every single day and have those conversations with me you know she took an active interest in what was going on in my day-to-day life it's so meaningful and you know if I ever needed to talk something out or if I was ever confused about something or needed you know just a sounding board even at you know when you're a kid and yeah. some of those conversations I probably still don't even remember but I'm sure that everything domino affects in some way or yes. form and it builds into our character today so definitely owe a lot of that to her that's incredible yeah, yeah. that is incredible your parents sound amazing oh, by the way you. no thank you do you have any siblings yeah, so this is a fun story I love to share. So my dad has one brother and one sister. They all had one kid each. So we're all three only ah. children. So me and my two only children uh, brothers, we are extremely close. Okay. I think we all, you know, share that upbringing <laughs> of like, hey, you know, we didn't have a sibling, but no worries. Like, we're going to find a way to keep that close. So I think we had a very special kind of relationship as we were growing up and a really big thing that I personally really care about is having my chosen family so my friends are my siblings my friends are my family they're my community and that was something that was really integral as I was growing up as well even though I you know came from such a small 
family and even in immediate like within my own immediate family I feel so fortunate and lucky to be able to have had so many brothers and sisters right around me and that didn't make me question the fact that you know I was an only child which is so special you know growing yeah. up in the bay yeah. yeah I actually didn't know that I, yeah. I was expecting you to say older sister because I, I think a lot of yeah. like that leadership you're like leading the community uh, in a way right yeah. and it's like a lot of times those are the older sisters obviously I'm biased because I'm, I'm you're, saying you're I want, old, yeah, like yeah. no I mean that's that's incredible like as an only child you definitely have a different environment versus like what you would have with siblings like when you're with siblings you have to like learn to share at a oh, very young for age sure, for sure. Um, but you're just so giving and, and oh, sharing without that and I'm sure having your like cousin yeah, only child cousin yeah, yeah, brothers yeah, yeah. is also helpful in, in all of that oh so. absolutely I think having them you know they're kind of like my pillars and my foundation yeah and, you know like having my immediate family and just extended along with my chosen family is kind of the building blocks of what makes me who I am today. Yeah, yeah, no, I can I can definitely uh, see that. But what was your exposure to wealth or lack thereof growing yeah, up as a kid? No, for sure. I think this is something that, you know, I was exposed to and my family, you know, used to have conversations with me about this. I feel so humbled that they, you know, created those opportunities for me to actually go to India and see the environments that they grew up in. Yeah. And, you know, no, I, you know, I don't think that they were the most well off, you know. I think they were trying to figure out how to create a better life for themselves for their, you know, future families. I, yeah. I remember these stories um, when I used to talk to my uh, dad's dad or my grandpa uh, when I was in Gujarat and, you know, just hearing how he grew up where, you know, his, I remember his dad passed away when he was really young. He had a single mom kind of raising him. Wow. He had to kind of figure out how to make money, how to, you know, put himself and his siblings through their marriages. And that was the upbringing my own dad grew up with and him witnessing all this as the oldest out of, you know, three kids, he took on that pressure and you know like I'm gonna try to figure out how I'm gonna you know provide for them I'm gonna find a way to go to you know the United States and yeah. create this environment for my family so that I can support my family back home and that experience and just hearing about it seeing it firsthand allows me to really appreciate you know everything that I have today is a direct byproduct of what my parents, my grandparents, I'm sure my great yeah. grandparents did so that I could even be sitting here today and being able to do the things that I love. You know, I, I think we were talking about this earlier. I, I feel so fortunate that I can be full time on events right yeah. now, that I can create my own genetics company where, you know, I can kind of go outside of that classic nine to five corporate job to be able to do something that makes me happy. And yeah. I don't know if my own parents had those opportunities when they were, you know, our age at that time. So I, I really appreciate it. I feel so humbled that, um, you know, the way they talk to me about wealth and the way they expose to me lets me really be grateful for yeah. what I have today. Yeah. And yeah. I think that humility is, yeah. is the most important when it comes 100%. to man, especially, you know, coming from, you're coming from nothing to, to building something for oh. your family that can be cross-generational. And I, I love what you oh, touched yeah. upon is it's cross-generational efforts that brought us to where oh, we yes. are today. It, it, is, it is our ancestors, it's our parents, it's mm -hmm. it's the immigrant story. And another thing that I really like is, you know, you're kind of touching upon this, and this is the crux of the show, is there's yeah. two American dreams happening in parallel. There's our parents' American dream, which was, you know, coming to this country yeah. and surviving, and God bless yeah. their souls. And then there's our American dream, which, which mm -hmm. we're I think we're still working on building out as our generation evolves. Yeah. But it's like we will craft our own story and our and our yeah. own path, and it's it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit less traditional, maybe sure. a little bit less corporate, maybe sure. a little more creative. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point is is coming to this country so that your kids have the privilege to choose. It's a choice. I love that how you phrase that. You're you're absolutely right. It's the fact that we 
have the ability to have that freedom, that independence, that yeah. choice that you've spoken about. I think you beautifully put that together. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So a little bit more about your upbringing. Let's go da- back to the school days, yeah. the academic yeah. days. So tell me a little bit more. What were your dreams as a kid? Like, what did you want to be growing yeah. up when you were when you were younger? As I was a kid, I just wanted to be a doctor. I, you know, I, wow. it was interesting. I Anytime anyone would come home, my parents bought me this Fisher-Price little bag with had a fake stethoscope and a little <laughs> blood pressure cup. And anytime anyone would come home, I'd be like, come, I want you to be my patient and I want to talk to you. Like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How can I make you feel better? And that was weirdly innate to me or something that I really yeah. wanted to do. And I don't think I really questioned it. You know, it's funny. We didn't really have any doctors in our family as well. So it wasn't, oh, wow. it wasn't like, uh, you know, I was modeling myself off of someone. I think I gravitated towards that whenever I used to go for my doctor appointments. And I was always so curious about the medical world and healthcare at, yeah. at such a young age. And I really liked talking to other people about health. That was something that yeah. I just remember having like memories of when I was really little. And then as I grew older, I just remember loving people. Like yeah. I, I love meeting people and I love that, I get it. you know, conversations with other people and understanding why people are the way they are yes. is something yes. that's just so fascinating to me. And I remember really liking that. My, my dad used to joke around when I was a kid and he was he always told me, I, I, you know, Bhakti, you are such a part of the why generation. <laughs> Every single time anyone did anything, I would just be like, why? Why does it have to be that way? Why is it this way? So yeah. I, I, I remember constantly just questioning things as a kid as well. <laughs> no, I, I completely relate with that. And I think it's important to question what is, you know, what we see as normal and what yeah. institutions and, and systems are telling us. Like, this is the path. And I yeah. think that having that curiosity intellectually from a young age is absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, and, and I you. love that you know you've always been kind of like a like a healer like nurturer yeah. is like the vibe i'm getting from all yeah. of this and there's such a common thread in, in all of that and yeah. I, I i think that's inspiring oh, thank you so much tell <laughs> me a little bit more about high school so yeah. when you were in high school what was your personality like i was very academically in tuned at that time in high okay. school I, I really cared about you know doing well, um, you know, being disciplined Good, on that. Yeah. And, you know, my family really prioritized and really cared about education. You know, just from when I was in preschool, I just remember all throughout high school, I think they had that emphasis. But I think somehow maybe internally I was also motivated to want to do well. And maybe a part of it was, hey, you know, my parents took this huge leap of faith to yeah. come to California and come to the States, leaving home. And, you know, I think in some weird way, maybe there was that internal pressure where it's like, I don't want to disappoint and of course, at that time, you're young and, you know, you're still trying to understand, mature and figure things out. Tell me a little bit more about college. So where did you go to school? What did you study? Yeah, and what was yeah. your college experience like? Yeah. So my undergraduate experience uh, was at Santa Clara University. So I stayed in the Bay um, throughout that time. And I took on some couple hard majors. So I ended up doing like a dual degree and a double major in biomedical engineering and math. It really fascinated me when it came to the biomedical engineering. I loved science. I loved healthcare from a very young age. But kind of being formally taught that was something super interesting to me. And I wanted to see how science and technology could impact society. Yeah. And then from the math side of things, I think that was purely, I was just like stimulated by mathematics. <laughs> I think I really liked it when I was younger. And then I was like, hey, you know what? Let me let me see if I can do it in college. And that one was really tough. I think from a theory and application point of view, I think that it was a really challenging major, but yeah. I really loved 
the stimulating proofs, the conversations, and the type of community that it built as well. So those are the two majors that I pursued. Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I really applaud you. So so my story is I actually, I really like what you said about mathematics. Yeah. So I've always been like highly analytical and I've, I've always really no enjoyed mathematics too growing up yeah. in, in high school. And, and so I went, I went to community college first and I transferred to Berkeley. In community college, I like went through all the like all the lower all division the math classes possible, like through multivariable yeah. calculus, linear algebra. And I... I understood it and I, and I did well and I was at the forefront of, of the class at that school. But then I got to Berkeley and then I started seeing math. I started taking upper division math classes. Oh, then I started seeing math on, on the whiteboard that just started looking like hieroglyphs. And I was like, I need to, I need to get out. Yeah. I literally remember getting up in a lecture and I was like, I can't do I this. Can't I was like, I'm just going to do one, one business major. Forget it. All that to say, wow. Cause oh. I, I remember walking out of that lecture and yeah. just being like, I, Thought I loved math, but not this much. Yeah. Not this much. I feel like college takes you, I feel like those upper division <laughs> classes takes you to a whole nother yeah. level of theory. It's so but abstract. So when you're at Santa Clara University, you're living on campus. I actually was living at home. It was about a 15, 20 minute um, Save so drive. much money. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I get it too. So I, w I was commuting for the first two years yeah, as well. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's nice to have that support. It's oh, like, absolutely. you know, home cooked meals. Oh I mean, my no gosh. Nothing beats that. Oh. You, you graduated from Santa Clara yes. University. So tell me about your journey after that. Sure. Right. I wanted to pursue a career within that biotech space. So I accepted. Um, so the next two jobs, one is at Genentech. Um, I worked oh. as a human factors engineer. Nice. And then the other one, um, more interestingly, is with Abbott Labs. And I had a rotational program with them okay. where every six months I moved to a different part of the country, whether it was nice. SF, LA, or Chicago, and got trained as a different type of engineer, whether that's in quality, whether that's you know regulatory, manufacturing operations. And I really appreciated that because it taught me how to be flexible, how to right. really uproot yourself, move yourself to a completely different environment with a new team and new friends, how to build a community around yeah. you within such a short amount of time and learn how to create a whole life around it and I thought that was a really useful skill um, at such a young age and yeah. so I was in the industry in the biomed space for about four four and a half years I heard about this field called genetic counseling while I was in undergrad and that fascinated me I you know hearing about how there's a industry out there where it talks about healthcare educating people about what you're born with which you have no control over and uh. then the counseling side of it I love counseling, the psychology behind being able to be there for someone in the way that's yeah. best for that person, tailored for that individual is something that has always been interesting to me. So, you know, finding the fusion of that within this field always was something I wanted to, you know, find a way to create this opportunity for myself. So kind of right after undergrad, I was taking some classes, you know, taking the GREs, whatever I needed to yeah. do. And I applied to grad school and moved okay. to Chicago um, and went to Northwestern's. Nice. Um, it's their Feinberg School of Medicine. It's a master's program. And I pursued genetic counseling there. Can tell us a little bit more about your experience at grad school. Yeah. So what was that like? Yeah. So, you know, genetic counseling is so interesting. Northwestern's program, and I would say majority of the grad school genetic counseling programs are pretty small. Okay. They're quite intimate. Northwestern's was 20 students. So wow. most programs are in the range of 10 to 20. And I think that it's quite intentional because they're really fine tuning and training your skill set on how to be a genetic counselor. One of my favorite classes, imagine you're in a clinic room and we are hiring patients to play, like actors to play the role of patients with different medical problems, different emotional things right. going on. And in the room, imagine you have 10 different cameras, videos on you, and they're watching how you move your hands, how you keep eye contact, oh, wow. how you communicate. And, you know, the grad school program really fine-tuned bedside manners, which I really 
honestly wish that all educational forms from when you were kids yeah. taught you these skill sets on how to communicate, how to build relationships, how yeah. to have honest, good, facilitating conversation that makes both people feel heard, understood, seen. And it was so nice to be able to, you know, be trained on those qualities by being within the grad school format. And, um, you know, one thing that was really important within Northwestern was exposure and a lot of breadth of knowledge. So, you know, we got to pursue 10 to 12 different types of clinical rotations. My favorite ones, I got the opportunity to go to London for a wow. cardio rotation and Singapore for a cancer rotation. That's amazing. So I got to live abroad for a little bit of time, understand their healthcare systems, but also on the other end, enjoy personally and explore yeah. what life is like in a different country. Oh and those were more solo trips, which I really appreciated because, you know, typically I'm used to traveling with friends but really got to go on a more individualistic journey yeah. to be able to reflect and you know see hey where am I at today like how does it feel to be in a whole different world in a different country when you really just don't yeah. know anybody yeah so how long were you in London and in Singapore two months about two months in each um, okay. location wow. so I, I feel like it was enough time where I got to explore a little bit of that city and that environment but not enough time that I you know I, I still want to go back and live there if I can <laughs> if New York City didn't exist I'd oh yeah London, London is another New York London, I'm like, <laughs> after grad school how did you end up in New, New York? York walk us through that yeah so after I finished up with grad school I made a decision to myself where okay if I'm gonna move you know either you know typically it's been with career or academics this time I made a personal move I told myself if two of my best friends move with me I'm gonna make the move to New York I'll find a Done. job I'll yeah. do it you know, it was right around the time of the pandemic and I got lucky. Not only just did two of my best friends move, but somehow we all domino affected off of one another. And next thing you know, within a year of New York, I believe there were over a hundred of us living all together in Murray Hill, Kipps Bay area. Oh my God. Within five minutes <laughs> one, of walking this 100? Yes. All the friends that I had from all corners of the world, from <laughs> SFLA, Chicago, New York, all congregated <laughs> in New York at the same time. And I think 12 of us lived in the same building. You know, it felt like that sense of community yeah. right when I started, yeah, when I moved nice. to a new city, which was so nice to have, you know, right off the bat. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. You don't hear that every day. Yeah. I moved with a hundred other people to New York yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I feel so lucky to have had that support system right off the bat and that's also where you know I worked in clinic as a genetic counselor so that's what I was doing okay. you know daytime by profession and nighttime you know prior to events I was actually a club promoter I still I am. can see that I yep, can see yep. that you know because we had a lot of people in the community and wanted to help out all these venues and clubs and bring business yeah. to them but also make it easy for me and my friends to you know have a really fun nightlife experience in New yeah. York let's you know flash to the present yeah you have a social media presence yeah. and, and you are event planning so tell me a little bit more about how all of that kind of came to be yeah. on the on the side of genetics counseling i was club promoting for a little bit of time one of my teammates um you know he came up to me and he was like hey Pankti, i have this ticketing platform called handstamp you know you love bringing people together <laughs> you know what do you think about working together let's come up with a really cool idea and the idea sure. at that time was our first event Rungrave. uh it was a holy event and i remember and what year is this this is actually last march so it has oh this is recent recent yeah oh my so gosh. it's been okay. about a year and a half since i've started okay uh, you know everything with the event side of things yeah uh, on a more professional front and i remember you know okay I, I talked to myself at that time there wasn't you know much going on within the south asian community at that time you know there were a few organizations but i thought hey you know what let's try it out it's post-pandemic um i'd be happy if maybe like 100 or maybe 200 people come yeah 
800 people oh, signed up to come. Oh my God. To a point that I had to do, you know, we had a daytime holy and a nighttime holy because we had, <laughs> I didn't want to not let anyone in and of wanted course. to make sure everyone who wanted to come got to enjoy yeah. that amazing festival. So that's where it kind of all began. And next thing you know, we're talking about Masala Mixtape, our South Asian music festival, which was just a brain cell idea being like, I remember personally thinking, hey, you know, I go to Coachella, I go to EDC, I love music festivals. Why isn't there a space for our South Asian community where we yeah. can bring this, you know, up and coming new talent also you know honor the talent that's existed within our community yeah. for so many years and put them all on stages bring some yeah. sponsors bring some vendors bring the community together and it was just an idea and i remember at that time three months in masala mixtape here we go so yeah you know, that just you know kicked off and next thing you know we're we launched a lot of different events like Diwali Drop, you know, Confessions this year. Did a few events. I remember where we met up yeah. earlier. Yeah, I did a Job We Met event with Simanti. I've also been kind of diverging and doing my own events. I think where we also met where I did a Simanti event just kind of on my own. So yeah, yeah that's kind of what I've been dabbling in now being full time on the events. We're trying to create my own opportunities and work with creators in our yeah. community that, where there's so many people who have brilliant ideas and trying to create that space so that I can help make their vision come true. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you've been so successful. The turnout for Masala Mixtape was huge. I mean, everybody, everybody Thank across you. like the country, I feel like, knows Thank there's you. this Masala Mixtape in uh, New York City. I, I want to get into the Sima Auntie events that you've been mentioning. Sure. So like, how does that even, how do, you, how do you go from club promoting to like getting South Asian, hundreds of South Asian yeah. people together to like somebody on your Netflix screen just in your contacts? Like, how does that happen? Uh, I think it's serendipity. It's a lot of time in life. It's like the right place, the right time, the right energy. I do think, you know, there was effort, there was time, energy put into it. But I think, you know, with the Seema Auntie scenario, I just remember being at Bar Bar and I was there for an event. Bar Bar, the one yep. and only. The one and only Bar Bar, <laughs> I love it. And I remember Seema Auntie, you know, walking in and, you know, talking to the owner of Bar Bar. And, you know, I saw her and her husband there. And, you know, everyone got super excited. Yeah. I was running towards Seema Auntie. I remember talking to her husband for a while because, you know, I was just giving everyone else a chance. I'm like, I'll eventually talk to her. I remember talking to her husband and I'm like, hey, so in... Four days, I'm hosting this event called Job We Met. Uh, it's going to be at the DL. It's a Valentine's event. Pitched it to him. I'm like, we'll have 600 people come. I would love for Seema Auntie to, you know, stop by and check it out. And so next thing you know, her husband and I are in touch. Next thing you know, Seema Auntie oh and I are in touch. Gosh. It was just an elevator pitch. And next thing you know, she's convinced. And here she is at my event four days later. <laughs> and, you know, she's meeting people, talking to people. She did a little fun dance. And then yeah. we stayed in touch. And, you know, I always told her, whenever you're back, let me know. I'm happy to do an event for you. And I think this was around the time her season three was launching. And that was the uh, season three launch party okay. that I wanted to, you know, just she was excited and wanted to help her out and put that together for her. So that's wow. kind of how that connection happened. But a lot of the ideas, you know, I feel like so fortunate with my team members to be able to be ideating and coming up with creative ideas that yeah. we can bring our whole self Asian community together and there's just so much love and energy in the yeah. room and I think that is honestly what's been so motivating to keep continuing and coming up with new ideas yeah. one thing I want to point out in all of this is it was you taking that leap of faith oh, yeah. and going up to her as a oh. total stranger oh for and sure be like hey we don't know each other oh. but I have this big and this could be mutually <laughs> beneficial for both of us sure. so why don't you swing by yeah. and, and I think that there's something to be said about just taking that risk and oh, I think yeah. a lot of people have these these fantasies and these ideas you know there's a difference between dreamers and doers yes oh, and, and yes. the way to convert is to do to you, do you you obviously have to dream it everybody's a dreamer at one point yeah. but you have to do to be the doer versus yes. stay a dreamer 
I think through and through, I am an executor. I think yes. I've been told this. I yes. love getting stuff done. If yep. there's an idea, I whatever way I can figure it out, we're going to find a way to make it happen. I remember reading this quote a long time ago where it's like, if you can believe it, then you can perceive it. If you can perceive it, then you can like achieve it. And I think yes. I really believe life is about manifestation. And in your yeah. head, if you can create this vision for yourself and find a way, I believe you yourself and the world around you is going to create that environment for you to execute and make it happen. And I think having that manifestation and believing that early on is that real big driver force and, yeah. you know, seeing that vision come to life. That's a part of everybody's journey in New York City. And yeah. I, I want to share for a second too that that's exactly how it goes. Like I moved to New York City in summer of 2022, a year and a half ago. Yeah. It's crazy saying that yeah. now. I mean, I, I just remember just, just you know, absolutely like not knowing that many people or maybe a few people from college, whatever. Yeah. I was drowning in my, in my job with investment banking. And like, I just was so isolated. And, and my only escape from that was like scrolling through social media, which like healthy or not debatable but of whatever course, yeah. and then I started learning about all these like individuals like some that I'd seen on my social media when I was at home um but a lot of new faces and I was like oh wait there's a whole ecosystem here oh absolutely and then I started having these like literal delusions where I was like I could be like I could oh, I yes. would want to like meet these people that have such a, had such a profound impact on the community yeah. and then a year and a half later it's like you know like here we are and it, it, it all starts with an idea it's all an idea you have to just put yourself in the right places at the yep. right time nothing happens yep. from sitting at home no oh absolutely. you have to put yourself out there it's like i'm sure for you for me it was showing up i would literally yep, not know people yep. i literally would know zero people and say oh i saw this i'm just gonna go introduce myself oh, to like everybody in the room i love Done. that i love that and Done. that's exactly the energy that you know i feel like connects both of us in this conversation where it's like you know what like what do you have to lose? Nothing. I mean, literally nothing. You know, just I'm a big believer of like, if you want something or if you're even, even if there's a 1% yeah. in you of like, hey, I, I want to try that or I want why not? You know, I really believe that we're on this planet for such a short time. You know, like life is short and, you know, take those opportunities when they come yeah. in front of you. And, you know, it's interesting, like you are your own worst critic and you're, you're, you know, I feel like your mindset is the only thing that can stop you in achieving what you want. And I think the fact that, you know, similar to what you said, you went up there, I'm going to talk to anyone, even though I don't know anyone shamelessly, let's go. I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something so brave and, you know, risky and kind it's of scary. uncomfortable and scary, but it gets a little easier and it gets a little, yeah, you know, once exactly. a little bit over time, it's like, you know, when you're about to go on that roller coaster and yeah. that first time you're like, Oh, I'm a little scared of what it's going to happen. But then the next time you're like, Oh I yeah, it was scary, but I kind of like the thrill with it. It gets and a little easier, a little bit easier, a little bit more fun. So yeah. I love that you share that experience. The thing that I love is like, the more times you do it, the easier it gets. And also yeah. the more familiar faces you start having in the room. Exactly. And yeah. I think that is the key is, is you to build a community. You have to just insert yourself you Let's have to just force yourself in obviously politely kindly and genuinely of with course. authenticity i always say this that i i i love love and i think the Me moment too. <laughs> i know and the moment you like I, I believe when you put yourself out there you know you're smiling you're positive you're, yeah. you're showing some love and you genuinely as you said authentically want to be there and are excited yeah. you know i would hope that you know that environment that you're in will give that right back to you and you know show you that same type of love and energy. And I really do feel that on a day-to-day -day basis while living in New York City, along with the events that I attend or organize. I was having a conversation with somebody else in the in the community and she was saying that if you can dream it, there's a reason that you're dreaming it. It's not because you're like delusional coming no. up with, like I, for example, I don't have any yeah. dreams of being a ballerina. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and like I, ballerina's incredible, beautiful, sure. amazing. 
I've never once dreamt of being a ballerina. And it's like, it's just not, but I've dreamt about doing this, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm sure same for you. You haven't dreamt about like, you know, bungee jumping no. from like the Empire State Building. Definitely not. But it, maybe you've dreamt about like putting on these big events yeah. and, and like having an impact and here you are. I know it's wild, right? And now you're, you know, it's so fun to, even for yourself, to be living in it now. Yeah. Like you're doing this, you're <laughs> creating this environment. We're having this conversation right now because you visioned it at some point. And if anything, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to be the next step that yeah. you know, Sandalina takes. What's the next moment where, where are you going to take this forward? Where, what's the next vision? What's the next thought? So I want to talk more about the social media side, what you do. So you started with event planning yeah. and, and you're, you're doing an amazing job with that. Thank you. But you also have an influencer presence because, you know, everybody knows you, they know who you are and you're partnering you. with all these like beautiful South Asian uh, brands. And like, right. tell me a little bit more about that side of that. It's been such a phenomenal opportunity, you know, within the social media presence, it's something that's super important to me is uplifting and bringing different brands to the platform yeah. that align with my value system that are, you know, are from that South Asian background, especially the ones that are up and coming and new and especially, you know, just yeah. struggling to get the word out, finding a way that, hey, you know, I want this community in New York to be a little bit more aware of it. Similarly with Masala Mixtape, any of the events that I do, I typically try to partner with, you know, local or national South Asian brands because yeah. I want to get their product in the hands of our community because I, I love it and I want to just help them, you know, form that channel of communication. I really believe that who I am and where I'm at today is a direct byproduct of me being connected to people. Someone lent a hand to me and someone yes. shook my hand and connected me to someone. And I'm a big believer in that. If I can connect anyone to anyone within the community in the world, why not? Like, yeah. this is how we do it. This is how we all hold hands together. And we're creating that. this community all together. And we're standing on each other to be able to be able to create such a beautiful environment. Yeah, I love that mentality. And I want to contrast it for a second. There, in influencer space, some types of people enjoy a sort of like exclusivity. Like sure. I'm too good to talk to this sure. person. I'm too good to help this person. Sure. But what I really admire about you yeah. is, is you foster this sort of inclusive environment you say there's room for everyone and i hundred percent it's true there's 100%. enough for all of for all of us to go yes. around there's yes. seven billion people on the planet yes. and it does lending a helping hand does not lower you no it uplifts you it uplifts anything. you if anything and people have I've, I've met people and i'm like oh my god you have it so backwards you think yeah. that if you help someone yeah. you're going coming down no no we're all no. lifting each other up we wouldn't be here today if someone wasn't lifting a hand for us. Exactly. Every, I think exactly. from the moment we were born into this world, it, maybe it was our parents or our immediate family or our yeah. friends. Like Everyone has helped one another to get to where we are today. And I feel so humbled by everything that I'm doing today. I feel like it's a big thank you from me to my world being like, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be able to do what I'm doing today. Yeah. And I hope that I can help and continue to give other people those same opportunities Absolutely. to do the same as well. hundred percent. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So in all of this, yeah. have you ever had a moment where you have just been like starstruck that like, you can't even believe that you're in the same room as like so-and-so interesting. I think before I started events, I did think I would be starstruck. I thought that, Oh my gosh, I'm going to meet this artist or this celebrity or this yeah. person. But when it came down to the day of, or when I did meet those individuals, whether it was an artist that I've been talking to for months leading right. up to the event, no, I didn't feel starstruck. I felt when I met all these artists for Masala, or when I met these amazing poets for our confessions events, or these artists, what I felt was 
this is that person in the room crushing it. Yeah. I am so proud yeah. that they are doing what they truly love and are meant to do in this world and yeah. that they define for themselves. So yes, no, yes. to be honest, I'm just so happy for them. I, I think there's no beautiful feeling in the world when every person in this world can do what they genuinely feel like they were meant to do yeah. or whatever. I'm a big believer on doubling down on your strengths. Yes. And if you, you know, are able to find a way in your self-awareness journey and figure out what you want to do in this world and what you want to create. And you can change that any moment yeah. in time, of course. I love meeting people like that. And whenever in any environment that I'm in, I'm just excited. And yeah. most of the times I'm just like, I'm so proud of you and like great job in doing what you're doing. And thank you for making such a beautiful impact, especially as you go up the ladder and meet like and become that celebrity level individual where you're a lot of people are watching yeah. you. It's beautiful to see what they're doing with that, you know, attention, that focus for our world and community. So, um, yeah, basically no starstruck, but just happy and excited to meet that person and have that person in my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. that answer. I think it's relatable too. I think when I first moved to New York city, I also thought like, Oh, like all these people I've seen before, like, Whoa. Like if I see them in person, that'd yeah. be crazy. And literally you, you run into these people, yeah. whether it's like on the street or like at an event and you're just like, Oh, like they're people. Just people. Like we're, we're all just people. Yeah. This is so cool. This yeah. is just so cool what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm so like, I, I love yeah. seeing people take their passions and turn Same. them into an impact. But to see that output product, oh, yeah. that's huge. That's huge. So to maintain everything that you do, you have to be constantly on the go. And, and that's something that I relate to too. It's like with investment banking, with, with social media, with like running wholesome hangouts, with now trying to launch this talk show. It's like, I feel like I am constantly on and I am yeah. so grateful. This is an amazing problem to have. Yes. Life is a set of problems. And if these are the problems I <laughs> yes. have. Oh, thank the Lord. Yes. These are the best yes. problems in the world to have. Yeah. But I will uh -huh. say sometimes I'm just like so drained. I'm like, I'm always on. I'm constantly on yeah. the go. Yeah. So I want to talk about that. What is that like, the good and the bad? Sure, sure. No, to your point, I love it. I think when I'm in a room meeting people, you know, whether it's attending, whether it's hosting, I love that environment of, you know, building connections, building friendships. Yeah. I, I feel that energy in the room where it's like my energy, your energy are here. And yeah. we're so excited to be here for whatever that reason has brought us together. And like, if there's a way that we can work together, help each other out, or just we're here to vibe. Like, yeah. I love that being on feeling. But to your point, yes, the other side of it is it can be draining. And I think as, as personally extroverted as I am, I am a big believer of taking time to yourself and yeah. carving out that moment to have me time, to be able to sit with your own thoughts, to be able yes. to process yes. what have you been up to? What are you doing to set visions and goals for yourself on what you are trying to accomplish? Because I think not setting those moments for yourself, you know, you kind of just are kind of on the go actively yeah. just pressing that play button and not really taking that moment to pause and be like hey this is awesome this is happening but like well yeah, am I okay like yeah. can I is this sustainable is am I healthy mentally you know physically I think that's super important to me so I think as I you know plan out my weeks as I do as an event planner and I'm calendaring everything I actually do take you know a couple days in the week where I'm like okay this time block I'm not gonna see anyone or this time block Good. I'm just gonna journal Good. or I'm gonna read or I'm gonna focus on me or sometimes it's just chilling on my bed and watching a show or a movie. We all and, need that Yeah, time. and eating some really good Human Thai time. food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's something that I really do focus and prioritize on as I'm on, on all the events and everything too. Do you ever feel burnt out? To be honest, you know, years ago, I think there was a time in me, well, I remember distinctly living in San Francisco and I felt that social burnt out where, yeah. oh my goodness, I am seeing someone every 
couple times a day, every single day. And it's just a lot. And I, I felt a little bit lost at that time. Yeah, I got it. And after all these years, going through that experience, I remember telling myself, if I ever go down that path again or catch myself, you know, I'm going to make sure that I will take a pause and breathe and really yeah. reorient my life. You know, there are moments where I wouldn't say that, oh, yes, uh, I'm on so much or I'm going to too many events. No, realistically, I do feel sometimes those moments creeping in. But I think I've gotten a little bit better at catching myself. And okay. when those moments happen where I'm like, oh, you know, like if I keep going, I might get to that point. So, no, I don't think in New York I've felt burnt out. Yeah. But it's because I think those experiences happened a little bit earlier in my life where I was able to you learn. understand, learn. And now I'm trying to implement and execute that so that yeah. I don't get to that point but I know we're at the end of the day human and will there be a future point where I do get there no absolutely it's possible sure. but but you know if that moment does happen I think I know how to catch myself and put myself and just ground myself again yeah. and, and if I can I, I feel so lucky to be surrounded by a support system who will help me through that journey if I'm ever there as well that, you've taken the lessons from the past and, yeah. and the wisdom that you've developed and in your sure. personal evolution to really have that dialogue with yourself of and, course. and check in and, and I think you know I, I like that. And it gives me hope because, you yeah. know, I'm like 23 years old and I am burnt out, course, to be honest. But it's yeah. because I'm doing something that I don't love for so many hours a of week. Course. So I think that it's a testament that when you do what you love and what you're truly meant to do, that burnout, you, yeah. you'll you be able to manage. You'll be oh, able yeah. to manage. And I think that it's just that's inspiring. No, thank it's you for saying know. that. No, thank <laughs> you. And I, I really love what you just said is doing what you love is so important. And I know sometimes, you know, life creates situations where that might not be possible, but yeah. I think I would encourage it for people to find that opportunity to figure out what that is and be able yeah. to push yourself to do what you love. Because I, I really don't think my work feels like work because it's, there's nothing else in this world I would be You'd doing. rather be yeah. doing. Yeah. So how do you work on managing your friendships? I feel like when I'm so busy and running around between sure. so many things, Stop. I'm neglecting my close friends because I don't have the time to sit down yeah. and really dive into what's going on in your life because I of have course. 50 million things running in my yeah. own. I feel like it's like the more people you know, the less you know about people, Absolutely. right? So like how do you manage, manage that? that? One thing that's been important to me since I was very young is having that core group of your best friends that are my yeah. chosen family. I remember us talking about that chosen family. Yeah, so I have my chosen family and I'm of course open to growing that I will not, I would not be here today if I didn't have that support system totally. with me. I really work hard to prioritize all my best friends, my community, and just being there for them. And for me, you know, those surface level conversations, I'm sure those happen every now and then, but to me, it is those depth. How you just are dive you? In. Like, how are you yeah. actually doing? Like, emotionally, mentally. And if you're not okay, how am I, Pankti, going to help you get to where you want to be in life. I always tell this to all my friends, your problems are my problems. So whatever, <laughs> so no, I, I really, you're I really so believe sweet. that like what you're going through is your experience and I'm going to find a way to empathize and we're going to find a way. I'm going to put myself in your shoes and we're going to get you from point A to B to C and whatever we need to do to get there, yeah. however long it takes, whatever moment you need in life, I'm here for you. And I will, wow. I will figure out a way we're going to plan. We're going to reschedule whatever it is in my other priorities in life. Because to me, my friends, my family, they're my everything. Like, they, they're the ones that get me through life. They're the ones that I rely on when I'm not okay, vice versa. And I, I will do anything for my people and my community. And if you're in my life and if you're ever going through something, like, I will find a way to be there for you. And I, I genuinely mean that. Like, I feel people's pain when I go, they're going through something. Or I feel when people are not okay. And if I can do anything in my remote hands or power to help them through it, I will do it in a heartbeat. 
so I've had kind of an interesting evolution with that. Yeah. I feel like I used to be very, very, very empathetic. Yeah. And then I think I like flipped a switch once yeah. I moved to New York and just got so burnt out by my job mm. that I feel like my empathy meter just like slowly started dwindling, dwindling. because I started feeling people's emotions so, so much, much. Yeah. that it started impacting my own mental health. Sure. So how do you kind of have that barrier? barrier? I, you know, I think from a young age, I think I... I kind of learned through experiences where kind of similar to what you described yeah. where I did start feeling oh man these are a lot of emotions these are a lot of things so I think I had moments of feeling emotionally overwhelmed yeah I think being self-aware I think that took one step but then also sure. learning on how to go through the journey and really dissect and separate myself and being able to recognize be aware but be able to be there for someone while also being mindful on what my abilities are and my potential was something very key I actually think even going to grad school taught me how to yeah. really fine-tune that skill set within genetic counseling you know a lot of my conversations are with patients going through really debilitating diseases uh, yeah. sometimes I'm delivering really difficult information whether that's stage three stage four oh terminal gosh. cancer or whatever oh it is and that's tough and those emotions can be draining overwhelming yeah. and you know, I think going through that for a couple of years in grad school and then even working in that environment really taught me how to work on that skill set on checking in first with myself in terms of, hey, what is my emotional bandwidth today? Like, yeah. can I actually be able to be there for you in the way that's authentic, but also helpful to you? Because there's no point in just me sitting there. If I, I mean, sure, sometimes some, sometimes people just need to just be there physically in person or to be able to just vent. But the other times it's, no, it's that heaviness in conversation. And yes, sometimes it can be draining, but making sure checking in with yourself, being like, hey, can I handle this today? And if I can't, communicating that to my friend or whoever it is being like, hey, I might not be able to do this for you at this very moment, but give me like an hour or two or give me the next day and I'm gonna make sure I'm present emotionally there for you in the way that it's right by you, you know? So I think that's very That important. communication element, I think yeah. it is really key to yeah. maintaining those friendships and, and, and having that that open relationship. I I, yeah. I admire that. That's oh, absolutely. That's beautiful. I, yeah, no, I feel like communication is everything. And first of all, even knowing yourself and figuring out what your limits and bandwidths and yeah. what you can do. And then also being able to communicate that to your friends, your family, your yeah. partner, whoever that is, you know? Yeah. So you recently made a big switch yes. to event planning yes. full time. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about that. And and so are you able to sustain yourself? It's been only a couple months since I've been fully on the events um, full time where it's and or with the company, but also just Bangti Doshi as an individual trying to work with creators. And yeah. for the last couple of months, it's been working, you know, from a financial element, but also just emotionally, personally. To be honest, it's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. I, I love That's waking. A dream. Up. I know. I love waking up every day and being like, okay, what am I gonna do today? I can do whatever I want. If I actually gonna want to go work out or grab coffee with someone before I start, I can do it. I yeah. have that flexibility. I have that freedom. I have that choice, and it's been so fun to be creative and to even meet individuals like you and bounce ideas and be sounding yeah. boards and be like, ooh, do you have a fun idea? Okay, cool. And as I mentioned, I'm an executor through and through. So yeah. if I come across a really cool idea by working with someone. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I want to switch gears. Sure. Let's talk about love. So tell me a little bit about your general philosophy sure. on love and yeah. your outlook on it. I love love. And I think it comes in such different forms. You know, I think it can come in forms of friendship. Yeah. It can come forms in family. It could be romantic towards your partner. And it could be towards your passion and career. I think love, you know, it's funny. The English dictionary only has one word for love but I know there's other languages out there that have different words for these different forms of love and oh. you know I think that's so beautiful and I, I think it's one of the most incredible things we can do as humans and yes I believe that we have infinite ability 
to give that love and receive. And I'm a big believer on always giving that no matter who I'm with, no matter where I'm at. I really believe that if I can give that, I think love is powerful in yeah. ways, you know, even personally, even on the receiving end, feeling heard, feeling understood. Yes. He yes. Healing something that maybe in a conversation, I didn't know that someone was going through something and maybe just giving that a little bit of love or a little bit of that focus and intention could help someone out. And yeah. a lot of times, I think most of the times you meet people, you never really know what's going on behind doors. And sometimes people are not comfortable sharing whatever it is that is going on in their lives. I think love is such a powerful tool and mechanism. And I genuinely love it and I love giving it. <laughs> I love that you touched on like, all the different forms on love too. Yeah. It's not always just romantic. There's such mm -hmm. a strong bond when it comes between, oh, you know, a, a daughter and her parents, mm -hmm. a, a sister and a brother. And it, it's just like, there's so many different ways that you can experience it oh, yeah. and share it. So I think that's beautiful. Digging a little bit more into romantic love. Yeah. Tell me what, what's been your kind of like ideation of it as a kid, yeah. like maybe versus <laughs> now, has it evolved, sure. has it changed? I remember as a kid, I, you know, you're so young and I think my love, traditionally came from the Bollywood movies. I remember yeah. I remember Kuch Kuch Hotai was my first Bollywood movie that I ever watched in the theaters with my family. And I remember, oh my gosh, is this what love is? And you know, it was so cute and I was so young. But I think to be honest, love was even more defined by the relationships that I surrounded myself with, whether those were my parents, whether those were my grandparents, uh, whether those were my friends, yeah. you know, and watching that. I think a lot of my earlier life was observing those and yeah. taking in the good the bad really understanding hey this is a quality that i think i really care about for example communication you know understanding yourself finding a way to express yeah. if i'm not okay or if my partner's not okay how can i help them so i think you know observing was a very important thing and then throughout my life yeah you know i've been in multiple romantic relationships and i think one of my favorite things about just being in those relationships is that it's a partnership no matter yeah. whether it's you know it's just similar to the way you are with your friends, your family. I think at the end of the day, you and your life partner are going on this journey yeah. uh, for people who want to get married. And for me, you know, just similarly, like me and my future partner, I'm really excited to experience life together. I'm excited to become masters of one another and to yeah. be able to be there for each other in ways that uh, we can, but also being mindful on what we can't do. And I don't think one person can do everything for another person in anything um, in life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But being able to do whatever I can and bring my best foot forward. And when I can't expressing that. And, you know, I think going back to that earlier point about love, I think love is something that is beautiful, even on the romantic side where yeah. it can bring you closer in ways that are even hard to describe. So, you know, I think a lot of my understanding of love and relationships, of course, that earlier was Bollywood. But I think <laughs> as I grew older, I think a lot of it was came from family, from my friends. And I'm constantly trying to, you know, learn about it. It's funny, you know, love is one of those concepts that or marriage, for example, it's an institution that we're never really taught how to be married. Yeah. For example, you, we go to school, we take on all these schools of thoughts and learning about different subjects. But, you know, I really wish there was a class on love. I really wish there was a class on forming relationships, finance. Yeah. And there's all these different topics I wish that our educational systems had because it would be so nice to be a little bit more fine-tuned and educated on how to commit to someone for such yes. a long period of time, which a lot of times, a lot of us aren't really exposed to that from a young age. I mean, we see what we, we might see what our parents have. We have an have, idea, have but an it's, idea. It's, you know, but it's always skewed. Exactly. And we really don't figure out until we're there, but it would, you know, I remember in college, I used to actually watch a lot of Ted talks and I'll read a Aww. lot of books on love or like how to form a really healthy partnership, whether that's a friendship or even just a romantic yeah. partnership. So I'm a big believer on 
life is about learning. And I think love is still something that I'm constantly learning um, more about. And I'm excited to go on that, you know, romantic journey in the future too. Yeah, I appreciate what you said about, you know, that that beauty of having that life partner and that feeling of companionship. Yeah. And that's something that I, you know, I talk about like myself on TikTok and stuff like that too. It's, it's, there is such a beauty in experiencing the world as a pair. Absolutely. There's also a beauty in experiencing it independently. And I think it's Absolutely. about striking that balance that there are phases of your life. One point I try to make is to try to dispel that notion in the Western society, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't need anyone. Oh, yeah. No, I think that we, we need yeah. love. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're like desperate or overly reliant no, on, on no. the opposite sex. It, it, it's, it's literally just this beautiful companionship. Mm -hmm. It's about creating like your own family. If, you know, if you want to do that, you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't have to do that. But you know, it's about the prospect of just sharing in that happiness with somebody. There's moments where I just have like a big win. Yeah. Like I just have this, like this big yeah. achievement or I got over this thing or I got this yeah. thing I really wanted. Yeah. And I just sit there and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll call my parents. Yeah. <laughs> and like, of course, like, you know, I, I love calling my parents, but I have those moments where I'm like, sometimes life just feels like it's meant to be experienced in pairs in certain mm -hmm. parts of it, in certain stages of life. And I think it's beautiful to appreciate all of it, the independence, mm -hmm. the the companionship, and I Absolutely. think it all goes hand in hand, and that's life. <laughs> I love how you just described this, and it, it was such a beautiful fusion of like experiencing love in such different forms within community and within life, and I, I just think that because we have it, and it's something that you can feel so deeply and can have so yeah. much impact, why not just give it? Endlessly. why not give it it's a beautiful yeah. infinite gift i think i think when people are in love they learn so much about themselves yeah. what have been your key learnings yeah. from love like what have you learned about yourself that yeah. was like whoa i didn't know this about myself yeah. or, oh maybe this is something i need to work on in myself i constantly go through this journey i mean you know through experiences of love and even just life in general i think it's really important to take time and focus on yourself and figure out hey like these are the qualities that you know, I really want to work on or focus on at this moment in time. I remember at one point, um, and I'm still, you know, working on it, is really finding that balance. Um, yeah. You know, I think we talked about a little bit earlier with, you know, managing friendships, family, like social life, um, managing that with career, your health, um, just time by yourself. I think working on fine-tuning and really just making sure that I'm having that conversation with myself, being like, okay, is, you can do this or can yeah. you not? Or if you can't, just making sure to listen to your mind, your body and responding accordingly. So that's one thing I, you know, I'm personally really still focusing on, still trying to prioritize. I know health is something mentally and physically that, you know, I really try to make sure that I put on the top of my radar because yes. once that too falls apart, I think that's, makes everything really really difficult and challenging to do so I think recognizing that and taking the time to really focus on that is a quality that I'm really really making sure that I take the time to work on <laughs> I am so impressed by it by the level of introspection that you've displayed and, sure. and evolution as, as just a person I'm just trying to work on it <laughs> trying to trying to be a better version um you know just for myself but also for the people around yeah. me yeah 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 it's important to understand what what that healthy kind of relationship with yourself looks like or with a partner 100%. with friends and family and I think it's it's just really nice to be able to understand that. And Absolutely. it takes experience. We've understood your journey, your past, your present. Tell us, give us a peek into your future. What, what does yes. the future look like for Funkti? I am super <laughs> pumped for 2024, especially, you know, with the events. You know, I'm sitting here right now planning out my 2024 calendar year. And, you know, I'm working through all the January events right now and just trying to make sure that, you know, I'm able to work with the creators. I'm excited to see what the new opportunities yeah. come my way. And a lot of it will be spontaneous. A lot of it will be when I'm out and about meeting some people and being like, hey, like, let's work on this together. Yeah. But I'm also super excited for and or and the company that we've established 
I'm super excited to announce that we're taking Masala Mixtape to LA next year oh, or at San Francisco. Oh my but gosh. We're leaning towards LA, but I think oh my gosh. we're super <sighs> excited to bring that and take it on tour. And we're going to make sure to do it in New York as well. So the people that have been enjoying it for the last couple of years, we're going to continue that. So we'll get back to you on the Masala LA or SF, but leaning LA. And we're going to take it to New York. And then my personal goal is in the years to come, I want to take masala all around the country. And yeah. one day, this is me dreaming and hopefully manifesting. But I would love to make a one masala mixtape where every single person around the country, the world, yeah. kind of like a Coachella, are coming together, yeah, yeah, enjoying yeah. the artists, enjoying the community. So that's the long-term dream. But I'm super excited for 2024. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for sharing of that. Of course. Second of all, congratulations. Thank on. You. on my jaw was like literally on the floor when you were talking. That's incredible. Thank you so much. Incredible. We are so excited to make this happen. I mean, this is a whole team effort and the whole community is all going to come together, I'm sure, as they have been to make this possible. But we're so excited to take it to L.A. I mean, L.A. has been such a hub for Pop Shift, known as there yeah. such amazing South Asian groups and communities. So we're so excited to tap into that market and yeah. excited to make some new friends. <laughs> I am so, so, so proud of you. Thank you. No, and everything that you've accomplished. I'm wow. super, super hyped about that. I'm also really excited within the genetic space as well I'm really ideating right now to come up with an idea that I'm so excited to you know pitch to investors to create okay. of my own so next year also for 2024 I'm hoping to have my own genetics company under my belt okay. and find a way to increase access and awareness for genetic testing especially within the South Asian community I you wear yeah. all these hats and you do it so well oh, I am just you. I'm flabbergasted oh, I'm in awe thank, of you oh you're That's so sweet just, I'm wow. trying <laughs> thank you're, you. you're doing a great job thank you you're doing a great job so as we wrap up just one last question sure in the midst of all the noise in the world what's your key message to people listening the only certainty in life i think is uncertainty and yeah. i think you know life is so interesting no matter what things will happen which you didn't anticipate you didn't expect but i'm a big believer of you know it's okay because that's normal and i want to normalize that for everyone and I really believe follow, listen to yourself and follow what it is and just keep doing what you truly love. And if you haven't found that yourself just yet, it's okay. Because in that uncertainty, I believe that you'll figure it out and keep spreading that love in the world. <laughs> I love that. That so eloquently wrapped up the common thread in thank this you. discussion. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me today. Sandalina, this is incredible. What you are creating, <laughs> the environment that you've had. Thank and you. I'm excited to see all the people that you bring on to this <laughs> and excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, that means a lot. <laughs> thank you all so much for watching. Tune in next week for another episode. And in the meantime, I'm your host, Sandalina, signing off.